You're listening to The Red Car Club with me, Simon Kidney, Sammy Timitupu, and Dan Leo. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's start as we normally start. I think, Dan, it's your turn, isn't it? Um, uh, you're uh, another red card moment from you, sir. Geez, most most memorable or uh, we've got we've got a lot to go through, mate. Um, so I've got a list here. So you just pick one. Yeah, well, like. gonna, it was actually my one of my last ones uh, playing uh, um, local uh, amateur rugby in England just before I came back to Australia five months ago. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it was actually upgraded. It was a yellow, yellow, yellow card for a. Uh, it was a late shot on. Uh, no, it was a. Um, the, the, the referee had given me a, a yellow card. We were playing against Amtil. I was playing at Bishop Stalford, and um, and uh, the, the uh, Mama Molotika had caught the ball in the front of a line-out on a cheeky one. Um, good mate of mine, Mama, um, but flipping unit. 45 years old or whatever still playing but still still smash me if you know if, if it was one-on-one you know so oh, there's no way I was going to try and do anything apart from dive at his knees um, and um, yeah the referee deemed it as a as a no-arms tackle and um, even though it was low around the knees uh, gave me a yellow card and um would have been, would have been, would have, would have been left at that. Uh, but as I was walking off the field, I was really annoyed about it and spat my mouth guard out. And uh, the referee saw it and uh, brought me back and upgraded yellow to a red. So um, is that all right? I uh, guess, I guess, I think he knew that uh, that was the start of Corona, mate. So uh, <laughs> probably why he gave you the red card. Maybe, maybe it wasn't Nigel Owens. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Was that uh, where was that mean? Was that was that at Amtil or Stortford? And I mean, the crowd was probably about five. Yeah, it was at Amtil. I'll tell you what, it was minus four degrees that day. Rain was coming absolutely down on uh, horizontally, and it was the coldest, most horrible conditions I've ever played against against a team that was. Amtil, they had Sawani Tongawea, Aleki Latui, Mama Molotika. They had about six, five or six Tongans. Uh, Vili Masi was still around, right? and they were just they were just brutal. So so physical. It just wasn't what I needed at that in that last year of uh, you know I, was, I played the last season of amateur rugby just for fun, basically to run out with the boys again. And when you look up and you, you, you're looking, it looks like you're playing against the Tongan national team, uh, <laughs> but without the, without the nice Tongan weather, mate, that's, it, that's not what it's you funny because mama still speaks about that game. Cause I think that was the game that, um, ended his career. I think, I think he still struggles with his knee at the moment then. So, uh, <laughs> was uh, it a low shot, mate? Was that a low shot? Like, oh, okay, cause I'm pretty sure I saw him roll, roll out for, uh, on the weekend for somebody. So he's 47. He's 47 now and still plays. <laughs> this is the main bit. Rugby. Dan, well, let's, let's, let's move on to Oceans Apart. Um, you, you, you know, as a, as a second row rugby player, you, you, you got about a bit, uh, both on the field and off the field in terms of the clubs that you played at. Um, I think before you uh, before you made your debut, you were playing at Queensland. Is that right? And then you made your made your Samoan debut about 2005, uh, and then you weren't eligible to play uh, Super 12 rugby, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, it, then then you decided to come over to to, to the UK. Was, was it at that kind of point where you were already starting to feel that? Hang on a minute, this is this is slightly unfair. 
Um, no, nah, not at all. Um, when you're young and you've got opportunities, that's all you see them as is really exciting opportunities. Um, you know, I was um, lucky enough to be offered a, a contract at Wasps, which were, you know, the, the top side in England at the time with, you know, some guys like, you know, Matt Dawson, Phil Vickery, Simon Shaw, Josh Lucy, you know, um, Lawrence Delalio, and I saw it as a, a massive, massive opportunity. Um, it's not until you sort of move later into your career and you, you and you and you actually got a few clubs and um, a few stories to compare things to that you actually start to think, oh, actually, hold on, you know, are, are things quite right here? But at the start, you know, um, your head's in the sand. You, you keep, you're keeping it definitely in a Samoan team context. Um, you're encouraged to, to keep your head down because if you don't, if you, you know, if you try and go in there and um, start piping up early, you won't last very long. You know, it's, um, our culture is very much about, you know, just um, earning your stripes. And that's no different to any, uh, you know, the major clubs around around the world. So, um, yeah, it wasn't until a lot later on in, in life, I guess, Simon, that um, a lot of the, the, the issues that we address in Oceans Apart came on on my radar what was the uh what what was the start of it can you remember that one point where you went and hang on a minute some something doesn't sit right with me yeah um no i remember remember it clearly we were, we were playing in uh we were playing in fiji and um and at the start of the tour, because uh, every time you play an, an international test, um, you know we were we had we had good sponsors with Samoa. We had a four year deal with uh, uh, Cougar at the time, um, and which meant that you know um, all all and in that deal, all all uh, kit was provided as part of the the deal. Um, so normally, in, in, when you've got a, a big sponsor like that, you you keep every test jersey that you play in, you keep and you get a new one. And I remember playing against Fiji in 2013 and our team manager coming down and say, um, we were doing really well at that time. We were about eighth in the world that season, the season before that, we just done a tour to South Africa, um, run them really close and actually beaten Italy and Scotland over there as well. So we were flying high as a team. Um, and I remember at the start of that tour, the, 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 the team manager saying, oh, look guys, um, um, can you keep your test, your test, your first test jersey for this tour? Because we're going to have to reuse those jerseys all the way through the tour. And that sort of got my, you know, I was older at the time, and I started thinking, hold on a second, we've got a big sponsorship here. Why should we be doing that? You know, we should be getting a, a new test jersey every every game. Yeah. Um, and um, it wasn't until the end of the tour when I was on my way home back to Australia with a teammate of mine, uh, Oli Ave, uh, a hooker uh, that plays, uh, was a legend at Bordeaux. Um, we were at the airport together and we saw a, a student, a Samoan student at the, uh, at the airport and he was wearing one of the test jerseys that we hadn't been issued. And it said it had a, it had a match, it had a match because all the jerseys have the match printed underneath the uh, Samoan logo and the date. And it was um, a, a jersey that was supposed to be presented to the team uh, to the players, which had been um, that he'd given our team manager, basically sold off to uh, a whole lot of uh, Samoan students that were in, in Fiji at the time, and the student opened up to us. He told us exactly where he got it. So for me, that was right at the start of this sort of journey. Thinking, okay, hold on a second. There's guys in here that are in this for the wrong reasons, and they're in it for themselves and not for the team, you know. And for me, I'd grown up in in, in New Zealand, uh, admittedly, you know, and and. One thing about New Zealand that I, I loved was that the All Blacks jersey, they treat that special. And they don't just give that jersey to anybody. And it's it's a, it's a big, big thing. And for, for me to see the Samoan jersey just being given away and used uh, so cheaply um, really sort of offended me. You know, the fact that 
you know, we'd worked ourselves up and me and this guy, Oli Ave, we were at the airport, we were sort of saying to each other, we've worked out, you know, our asses off um, um, to get to this point where we can we, we can wear that jersey. And the team manager's going, going off and selling them for, you know, for 15 pounds, you know, to put money in his pocket. It just shouldn't be the way. Um, yeah, so that was probably the start of that journey. And then things led to, to, to others. Um, later on that year, we came to, to England to play at Twickenham and uh, we got... Um, we got this report from one of the um, the accountants who had been fired, and he basically provided that to the players, senior players, um, squad as well, saying, "Look, here's the evidence that you you know that you need, showing high high level corruption." And it just got to the point, I guess, um, Simon, that we just couldn't not do anything about it. Um, um, and yeah, so that was yeah, that was sort of a three or four year period, and from 2011 to 14 or 15, that was really uh, um, yeah, sort of um, I guess uh, you know a real eye-opening um, couple of years in terms of just the whole politics behind the game and things that we needed to address if we're ever to move forward in the Pacific Island nations. Because as Manu said earlier, you know it all comes down to money and finances and resources, so we have to be better at using the resources that we've got. Because you know they're small enough as it is, so if we're you know if we're wasting those resources or not using them faithfully, then um, you know we've got no one else to blame but ourselves. Yeah, Dan, uh, just just listening to you, you know, you, I can hear the the passion um, of everything that you're doing and that. But you know, obviously looking back now, um, seeing like all the sponsors you had at the time and and the quality of players and that, you guys, do you feel you 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 hadn't fulfilled your guys' potential uh, as as a bunch of players, Pacific Islanders, for Samoa. Because when I look at your team back then, like the names of you boys coming through New Zealand, Australia, and all that, you guys, you guys had a pretty stacked team. Never really sort of reached your potential, but the, but at the same time, you had all this fine financial backing, you had sponsors and that. You know, it would have been ideal. Um, but when you look at it now, it's almost like you've gone back five steps to try and try and work your way back up, you know, how much has that played a part in terms of, or what do we need to do now uh, to get us back and or get you Samoa or even Tonga Fiji to that position where we can actually go forward and, you know, actually compete yeah. against all the other top nations? Definitely, um, you know, you, you've been you've been along for the ride as, as Pacific Rugby players' welfare, Sammy, for, you know, f- since we started. You mm-hmm. know, for the last six years, you've been pivotal in that sort of process. So um, I appreciate you asking the question, even though I, I assume you, you probably know lots of the answers uh, to that. I mean, it's, a, it's the same for us as for, uh, for, Tong- for Tonga. Um, you know, Samoa, six or seven years ago was in the position that Fiji is in now, you know, where, where we were the, you know, we were the darlings of Pacific Island rugby, uh, you know, probably from 1991 and 95, where we sort of made those world cup quarterfinals. Everyone was talking yeah. about, uh, about Manu Samoa, Western Samoa and then, and then Manu Samoa. And, and the reality is it just hasn't, it hasn't happened. It hasn't, um, you know, we haven't taken off. We haven't become the world pieces that uh, everyone was uh, saying that we could be, and that we know that we've got the, inside us. We've got that potential to be, you know, and 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 Tonga as well. I'd say, you know, probably more so than Samoa. Um, looking at the amount of 
um, physically gifted athletes that come out of a tiny island like Tonga to be the most uh, highly represented people group in uh, in the NFL and and in contact sports in the world is a huge, huge feat. And we should be doing a lot better in terms of results um, on the international level than we are. Um, there's a lot of factors behind that, um, as we've sort of touched on a couple of them. But, um, yeah, um, you know, um, Fiji now are you know other and and other other big boys of the Pacific, and uh, that that sort of you know as a Samoan and probably as you you know as a Tongan that that, that hurts hurts me to say because uh, <laughs> in the early two thousands we'd go to Fiji and that would would smash them eh you know and uh, even as late as <laughs> the two thousand eleven World Cup we played them at Eden Park and sell out you know in Auckland and I think we put 30, 35 points on them you know that's that's reverse now. And to to be to give credit to Fiji, in spite of a lot of problems at the top, in terms of their governance and the guys that have really you know um, uh, headed that uh, you know the chairman and the, the politics that are involved. Below that, they've been able to knuckle down and really just get on with the job and actually harness the huge amount of potential that they've got on the island, particularly out of their local players, and using that yeah. Sevens program as a development tool to really um, see that um, springboard their their National 15 side. Mm-hmm. And I, I can only see them going from strength to strength, you know, particularly given some of the other factors, you know, what we what people don't see behind the, 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 the backgrounds is, uh, you know, the fact that, um, you know, World Rugby funding isn't equal to all three of the Pacific Island teams. They, um, there's a, it's, it's a targeted approach and World Rugby will, 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 will look on, into which Pacific Island they think has got the best chance of doing a well, uh, well at the World Cup and they'll focus the majority of their funds yeah. into into that island and it's all depending on the rankings that's why the rankings are so uh, important um, and Fiji at the top of the, the pile in terms of the Pacific now so they get the majority of the world rugby focus and that's yeah. that makes sense that's um, you know credit to, to what they've done um, but yeah um, we've got a lot we've fallen a long way behind Samoa you know and uh, you know um, we've got a long long way to, to, to climb back um, yeah what the answers are how long have we got you know but um, yeah we, we've got to start somewhere Dan, you're um, you're a you're quite a laid back chap, um, but you've invested a lot of emotional capital into uh, PRPW and Oceans Apart. And I imagine in the early days you were getting emotionally hijacked by the anger inside you of corruption, as we all do, because. You know, there's some there's some great Orwellian quotes about just because you're in a minority of one doesn't make you mad and all that jazz. And and, and your job is to try and manifest that opinion to bring people on the journey. Uh, how do you balance that internal anger um, that comes in that sturdy, lanky frame of yours um, with with trying to make your your views balanced, fair and uh, almost approachable? How do you get that balance right? And have you got that balance right? Oh, geez. I guess um, I probably can't be on the, 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 the judge on whether I get the balance right or not. I mean, you've got to be, as Sammy said, you know, we're all passionate about this. We all, you know, we all love our motherlands. You know, even though I was born in New Zealand and raised, you know, overseas, you know, I'm, uh, my, my desire and my my pride is as a, as a Samoan. And that's the same. I'd say that's exactly the same for Sammy as a as a as a Tongan uh, New Zealander. You know, um, 
So we are passionate about it, and you know it is um, expected. There is an expectation that we give back to our to our to our um, our, our our countries. Um, you know, um, sometimes we boil over a bit. You know, did it as players, and it's you know it yeah. happens in life off the field as well. Um, but I think one thing I've learnt, and probably um, you know, is you're never going to get anywhere by by, by being angry. Uh, you can be angry, but um, you've got to be able to channel that um, and and put it away and across that you can get people alongside. And that's where we are. Is uh, that was the whole mantra behind Oceans Apart? Is we didn't want to isolate people from getting on on board with our our mission, I guess, which is to try and uh, push for for positive change. Um, and when we say positive change, that's you know, um, and saying that you know, it's you know, we're not glossing over the fact that there, you know, that um, you know, a lot of um, there is a lot of inequalities, um, you know, borderline on exploitation. Um, but yeah, it's, you've got to be careful with with the words that you choose to, you know. I mean, um, and I learned this, you know, I'd never done any presenting at, at any sort of level before we embarked on this uh, adventure. But um, you know, when you're using words like colonialism and uh, you know and uh, exploitation, you, you've got to be very, very careful because people can get their backs up quite quickly. Um, so it was about doing that in the right way, and, and that's us as Pacific Islanders, you know, most most. People who have, um, who, you know, over this side of the world who have had contact with Pacific Islanders um, know us as, you know, really, really kind people. But, you know, we do have those explosion points. And usually, you know, I used to, I used to see my dad, you know, every every few months he'd just have a blow up, whether that came out in road rage or, you know, and, you know, um, usually in a sort of a physically confrontational sort of way. Um, and I'm no different, you know, I still get those those build ups and it's, I've got to keep myself in check. And that's why it's important to have good people around you, people who have been there and done that. That's why I surround myself with guys like you, Sam, and, uh, you know, and, and Manu on our board and Namani Nadolo and all of the guys who, you know, um, a lot of them who were on Oceans Apart, the film, but 90% of them weren't because, you know, we only had an hour. We couldn't we couldn't interview everyone. But it's about surrounding yourself with the, I think, I think with the right people and uh, people that are equally passionate but um, so that you've got a, a range of voices and maybe the, the, the time isn't right for me to, to, to show that, that you know, that, uh, that passion or that anger, but it might be right for Sammy or it might be right for somebody else. And I think it's that, um, it's that joint approach, you know, and our, our mantra is PRPW, specific rugby players welfare is, is stronger together. And that's definitely um, the way that we see it, you know, because, um, you know, there's, there's no other way, no, no, no one person person can make a difference but I think you know and you know you've been part of that Simon you know in, in terms of you know the you know the support that you've that you've offered and, and what we're doing with this um, you know with this, with this pod it all builds into this greater picture of um, everybody you know using their platform um, and, and and what God's blessed us with to, you know to, to make change with. so yeah Mate, who has a, and, and thanks for talking so openly I'm going to ask you a couple of difficult questions so you can either flick me the V's on the camera or, uh, or just give it give Give it that one. <laughs> who, who who hasn't come with you? Who who have you talked to and and no matter what you've said, they've just not come with you on the journey and you've gone, am I missing something? Or or who who who's spoken against what you're trying to speak here and you've gone, well, hang on a minute, what what what's going on there? We've definitely we've definitely had our points of resistance. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to be beneficial naming them because I think um, it's, it doesn't help the situation. But we've definitely you know, and, and some of those some of those those people um, have been sadly some of the 
closest people to us, people from our own community, our own Pacific Islanders, who have um, you know have been negative to you know um, you know to the to the change that we that we we all know that we need. Um, but whether that's that um, the culture's got in the way, so they've seen what we're doing as as being culturally insensitive and. Disrespectful, um, I guess. You know, it's and is it? And is it? Is it though? Because we've talked about this before, haven't we? And is it because your your culture is about respect? But some might say you're being very disrespectful. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's the balance, isn't it? That you that you mentioned because then that's that's by far the, the been the hardest yeah. thing for me as a as an islander and um, is especially an islander that, who's born outside of the islands. Yeah. Yep, yep. Because, because, yep. because, because, yeah, because, because, because they always see us as, you know, oh, that guy's, you know, he's he's been overseas too long, you know. That's what the on on island people see, or you know, who's this guy? You know, he's he's only he's only young. How can he speak up against you know the prime minister and say what he's doing is wrong? And then you know, and that, and those are fair questions, um, but I think we have to be able to ask them, and we have to be able to ask them of each other and of the system. Um, and in the past, we probably haven't, or we haven't felt comfortable to do that to to, to challenge some of the cultural norms and. This is part of the reason why we are in the situation that we are. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. So, so there's been that um, side of resistance, obviously structurally and from the from the system itself. Um, you know, uh, World Rugby have been very, very uh, hesitant to engage with us in any sort of meaningful dialogue, um, probably because, you know, um, as we saw through the filming of the documentary, um, the, the tier one nations are actually pulling world rugby strings and not the other way around. And that's something that's made it really difficult to work with them as an organization when they're basically, I see them as a, an entity that are there to protect the interests and the, you know, the business model of those, of those tier one nations. So Dan, um, Dan, let me, but let me, let me pick up on a point there because I, I think this is quite important, isn't it? Because what you're saying there is, is almost quite inflammatory. And, and I think you do it on purpose uh, because, you know, you need to make a point in terms of, you know, this is tier one pulling world rugby strings. Is, is that part of the problem, though, by making inflammatory comments like that, that world rugby are going to go, this, 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 whatever we do, this guy is just going to be inflammatory and controversial all the way through. So why should we bother? Yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, you know, and um, I think I think that's what, what what we've needed. We've needed, you know, because there's instigators. Um, maybe it's maybe that's all I've, you know, all I'm destined to ever be is just someone who, you know, throws the fuel on the on the on the fire, and then it's up to the next, you know, to the next person to come along and actually work within the world rugby circles and actually affect the change that we need from the inside because ultimately that's where the big change is going to be made you know from from that organization but there, there, there's challenges and we yeah we can't turn a blind eye to those um and ultimately we need people to, you know we, it was it was about raising awareness because i think everyone traditionally has this um you know this pure sense of what rugby is and we're all you know we all love to have this uh you know we to, you know the dream you know we wave it to the world you know rugby's great you know we're you know and we're, we're gentlemen you know it's the, the game played in heaven we're honest and yeah there were most people are like that particularly in the, i think the, those values still ring true in the amateur game 
But um, in the professional game, it's it's far from that now. And um, you know, there's there's, there's there's times where we have to be able to call a, a spade a spade. And hopefully, we can reconcile and um, you know um, to the point where yeah, we're, we're we're calling things as they are. But they you know they have to be said. And World Rugby can actually admit because you know there's no there's no I'm not you know we're we're not laying the blame solely on World Rugby here. You know, we we are putting up our hands as Pacific Islands and saying yes, we've got a lot to work on ourselves. But unless you can look at yourself that way uh, retrospectively and um, actually, you know, um, admit that we aren't perfect, then we're not going to move yeah. forward. And so that's where we, I guess, we are with, with World Rugby is that, you know, it's it's been very difficult to get them to give any, uh, show any, um, I guess the word is probably, you know, uh, um, vulnerability. Um, so, so that's just that's where we are, Simon. Yeah, um, as you say, mate, um, tough because it's getting that balance right and not wanting to offend people. The reality is, is that when money's involved, um, rugby is a business now, particularly at the top end of the game. And if you know, if, if we're ever going to get a piece of that pie, we've got to be able to ask those tough questions. Rugby. I think, uh, I mean, listen. I think if your your tactic is to go out and be a suicide bomber, you're doing you're doing spectacularly well. Um, but I think there's an important messages within there. Why, why, so why, you know, what on your journey? You, you you believe what you believe in. You're passionate about it. Why hasn't someone like Bill Sweeney gone? Yeah, Dan, I'm with you on this one, bro. Let's do it. Let's let's take it on. What what what? Why is it quiet from the RFU? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, and, and, and Brett Goss said this in the film, you know, they, they, they've got obligations to their stakeholders and um, and their investors. What does um, that mean, then? What, what, what does that mean, really? We're, 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 coming to the, we're coming to, you know, to, to them and asking, what, you know, for, for our piece of the pie as well. And ultimately, you know, they see it as a reduction on whatever they earn. So we're saying, look, fair is, you know, what would be fair is that we earn a, a, a percentage of the gates that, that we're helping to generate at a sellout Murrayfield or, you know, uh, Lansdowne Road, whatever stadium it is, um, you know, we, you know, ultimately there wouldn't be a game if it didn't involve yeah. us, if we weren't there to play. So we, we were entitled to some of this money, you know, you never come and play us in the islands. And if you did, you know, the current test agreement means that we wouldn't generate any money anyway. So, um, you know, so um, they see that as, oh, we're going to lose. If we, if we bring Dan and, or, and, or PRPW into the circle and actually have these conversations, we could potentially lose, lose money. I don't see it that way. I see it as actually they grow the pie because yeah. by splitting that money and actually make it would strengthen the Pacific Islands or the Tier 2 nations, give them stronger opposition – which would mean more meaningful fixtures. You wouldn't just see, you know, at World Cups, um, you know, three teams turning up with the realistic opportunity of winning it. You know, that could grow to 16 or 20 teams. It makes the World Cup a heck of a lot of a bit of spectacle. And then the pie grows and it's an investment. It's, um, but yeah, but I, I guess we need to, that's our biggest job is actually trying to persuade those in those positions of power that that is actually the case. This is not us asking for a handout. This is us, um, you know, asking what's fair, but also it's in the good of the of the international yeah. of the game to, for them to, to do that and, and actually, you know, invest in, in, in the tier two and three nations. We, 
so so if you can't infiltrate the top basically and and, and let's be frank that at the moment that might be a prioritization thing let, let's just be let, let's be kind uh, and, and say there's lots going on in rugby at the moment the covid challenges so so actually dan leo's message is not as uh, not as important as trying to trying to save and salvage some of the seasons some of the gate receipts you know we, we know the rfu are in financial destroyed uh, in trouble so let, let's let's be kind on that you 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 and both you boys have got enough contacts uh, and players in the premiership at the moment what more should we be doing to make sure that the the, the players voice then is be heard and, and we're we're empowering from bottom up instead of top down i think um <laughs> I was, I was like, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good question, uh, Simon. Uh, I was hoping Sammy would jump in there and, uh, and save me on that one. But it's gone eight well, It's gone eight well. I don't know what, what you guys think, but um, you know, I, I think I think this um, this idea of uh, of independent um, players associations has got to be embraced. Yeah. And I know Alice Genge uh, would have been interesting to get Manu because Manu obviously spoke about his situation at uh, Leicester before he left being not fair. And for me. Um, you know, the players' associations have got to first and foremost be there to represent the players in those situations. There's too many conflicts of interest, but what do you think on that one, Sammy? Did you, do you predominantly agree on that? Or? Yeah, I 100% agree on that. And, um, and I think, you know, it, it doesn't help that um, the PRPW are involved in terms of with the premiership clubs. Uh, and I think just looking at Manu's situation, him and I think it was five other guys disagreed in terms of what the what had what um, process had been put in place. Um, and they thought it was their right to say no. Um, where the other guys had pretty much followed um, the what was told by them, by the um, by the play association, and they all went with it. They all carried it on, but you had five other guys that disagreed uh, and thought that what was happening wasn't right, and they needed to make a stand for it. Um, and obviously, you see, these about still three or four guys who are actually in, uh, um, who are taking Leicester to, you know, obviously to to court and that, and they're still battling that out. But you know, I think I think it, it's really important that. There's got to be, um, you know, a different group, um, you know, in terms of uh, the uh, Players Association. Is they've got to be um, for the players uh, and they've got to do what's right, almost a bit like the unions, you know, uh, the working union. Um, I think that's the way to go uh, to help the players. You wouldn't get ever get Simon. You wouldn't ever get um, a, a, a workers' union that was funded by the industry itself, would you? No, 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 you absolutely. So, 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 why should we accept that in uh, in a rugby context? Yeah, um, I, I think it's um, that's that's one of the issues there. But we see it yeah. in, in terms of some of the work we're doing with PRPW now. Um, you know, um, there's these conflicts of interest all over, all across the game. You know, World Rugby have um, got a mandate with um, international players. Uh, association who they who who they fund, you know, and and, and it's a it's a sole agreement to work only with that players association. So any players that want to voice themselves have to go through that uh, that 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 process. And there's always going to be that conflict in the way, um, which um, you know the old saying that um, you're not going to bite the arm that feeds you. Um, it's a really difficult that, one. Yeah. And is that is that the case, mate? So so for example, say if I'm at Lessie to to Arla at Saints and um, Dan Leo comes along and says. 
Let me, game's unfair, isn't it? Where us, us boys are not getting our share of the pie. And unless it's going, do me a favour, mate, jog on for a bit, because uh, these boys are paying me 120 grand on a three-year contract. The last thing I want to be doing is upsetting that. And you know, that's probably not Alessi's stance, but that, that that's I'm sure that conversation has been had. Yep, has, you know, and even at times, you know, like... Um, We've we've got to step back and say, look, we, you know, we've got to protect the player in, in those in those sorts of things as well. Because the last thing we want to do is get the player on the wrong side of their clubs yeah. um, or, or or their national side. You know, you know, um, we've got you know, um, Manu for for instance, you know, voicing his opinion and and being a part of the Oceans Apart uh, documentary. So that's a big risk, you know, because ultimately by by being on that film, he's he's advocating for everything that we stand for, um, whether he said it or not, you know. Um, so so that so that's a risk, and, and that's that's where it becomes it becomes difficult for for the current players, um, you know. And 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 also I'm a I'm an advocate for that as well, you know. Maybe you know should the should the current players um, be involved in the politics, or should they just be focusing on on their game and and the rugby? Um, it's a really tough one. We we don't have the luxury of 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 not being involved um, as the Pacific Island players, because politics is so close to us. Even if you don't want to be involved in it, it'll come it'll come to you. That's not necessarily the case for the Tier One nations, where there's a bit more of a distance between um, politics and and rugby. Um, but um, that's what we're striving for, you know. But we're not there yet. Isn't isn't that part of rugby's challenge though? It's full of. Um, yeah, an, an older generation that think they know what the game's all about but in fact they might have played the game about 50 years ago um, and, and they don't really have an idea about what goes on anymore a gentleman's club is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah mate I, I think there's definitely elements of that you know um, I mean we know these guys you know like Bill Beaumont's a good guy um, you know, Pichot's a good guy. Brett Gosper, who you know, who off, you know, uh, you know, I get along with these. These are guys who want to see the game, the game grow. Um, I think um, you know, sometimes there's maybe possibly a void of ideas, particularly in the you know in the in the Pacific Island space. You know, and it, it, it's tough, tough questions. You know, like how do you ever make a country of a hundred thousand people? Uh, you know, how do you ever make that their national rugby team profitable? If they don't have broadcasting uh, fees, you know, no, um, they don't have bums on, can't bring bums, they can bring bums on seats. Um, but, you know, um, this, you know, so, so they're, they're really tough questions. I'm not, I'm not pretending that the answers are, are easy, but I believe they're there if we're willing to look for them. Um, so, yeah, and that's where we need maybe some fresher ideas around that, uh, around that table, um, Simon, and not just people that are on the payroll. Um, you know, we've got to be able to bring independent uh, thought into this as well. And why, why wouldn't we, you know? Um, because, you know, we, we've seen what history does when you surround yourself with the yes, with the yes men. Um, you know, nothing ever gets achieved or not in the right direction anyway. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess, our biggest call as, a, as an organisation is actually trying to get um, around that table to be part of that uh, discussion process. If you think um, if you think Wales, I think has got a population of about three million, and the world's full of seven billion people, but their voice in world rugby is still significant, and uh, and probably bigger than America, Canada, and some countries with vast, like India, with one billion. So I, I'm not sure it's the it's the numbers that are relevant here. Um, 
gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Um, it's been great to uh, great to, to take some steps into Dan's mind, um, and I'm sure we'll do this throughout the rest of the series. Gentlemen, as always, an absolute pleasure to speak to you both. Um, any any plans for the rest of the day, Dan? Little little sleep. Uh, I'm 9.50 now here, so uh, now just a bit of R&R, mate. Um, I've been working in uh, the special needs sector here in um, in, uh, in Brisbane for the last uh, four months since I came back from, from England, and that uh, definitely keeps me on my toes. But, yeah, you, you have up days, as you can imagine, and you have the big the big downer days as well. So, uh, yeah, um, looking forward to a good night's sleep, mate. <laughs> oh, great. Well, 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 uh, if you need any uh, Fijian oil, mate, I'm going to order some. So if you want, I can uh, order you some too. <laughs> Hey, just make sure, make sure they don't massage Liz off you, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep that one, but get rid of the others. <laughs> Thanks very much, gentlemen. Uh, we'll right, speak guys. to you next week. Have a good Cheers. one. Cheers, boys. Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening to the Red Card Club. This podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, or anywhere else you might find your podcasts. This podcast is rugby. Rugby.